and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Schutkezman. Hey, Laura. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited, actually. We're diving into one of my favorite business topics. We thought that we would kind of, you know, switch it up every other week. We, we dive into some of the emotions and psychology that we face in business. And I just want to talk about some of the business topics. So one of the things that I notice a lot with my clients, and I've noticed for years and years and years in the entrepreneurial world, is that so many people struggle with defining their target market right? Target market is this really important part of succeeding in business. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk about niching because I think that people are so scared to niche and it's absolutely imperative, especially in today's marketplace. So that's kind of the topic we're going to dive into today and see what we come up with. Yeah. I'm glad that we are diving into this one because it's relevant to something I've been reflecting in my own business. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate to the fact that there are these moments in our business that we have clarity of exactly who we want to work with, who we're passionate about working with. And we have done the target market exercises, got really clear, this is my ideal client. And then I don't know what happens when we get into the messaging and the website and thinking about our offers and our services, but we start to get a little scared that we're staying too narrow in that approach. And we start thinking, well, what about this person who I'd love to work with? This person usually likes the kind of work that I offer, right? And then we start to go really broad again. And personally speaking, when I go broad, I get a little lost and and I start feeling a bit overwhelmed and it doesn't seem like my business strategy, whether I'm trying to create copy or trying to design a new program, I feel like it's never quite as easy. I start to get really kind of lost in in that process. Yeah, so true. And I think, you know, and I think this is, we we sort of should start with sort of looking at what is a target market. I mean, I think we, it's a buzzword, right? We use it a lot. Everyone talks about it around marketing and around social media and around all these different things. Most everyone in business has done some kind of target market worksheet, some kind of, you know, looking at your target market. But I mean, just to really simplify, a target market is the market you're aiming to serve right? So it's really that simple. It's like, what is the market? Who are the people? How do you define them? The ones that you specifically want to help and serve. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, I want to help everyone. (laughs) I want to serve everyone. Well, that's really great, but that doesn't work in marketing. So it doesn't mean, a target market doesn't mean that you can't receive people who aren't in that target market. So maybe you meet someone who's not the target market you've been after, but you, they still fit. They still fit what you want to do. 
Well, then you can take them still. It's not that you have to deny those people. But when you're out there marketing, when you're out there aiming for someone, you need to be really specific about a target market. So, you know, as an example of what I was talking about, you know, for years and years, I've targeted women only, right? All my messaging, all on my target, all women, women, women. Well, before I moved to a group, which I don't allow any men in the group, before I moved to the group, I would once in a while get a man who really resonated with what I did. You know, he really understood what I offered. And so if he was a good fit for my program, I would take him. So, you know, again, none of my marketing is for men, but once in a while I would take one. So it's not that you're denying other people who may not be in this perfect fit, but what it is about is who you're aiming for. And one of the reasons why it's so important to be specific is because you're literally your whole business is in service to your target market. Your messaging should reach your target market. The exact way that you offer your services should be in relation to your target market. The, the way that you, um, you know, design everything should be serving your target market. It literally is like your business is defined for your target market. So that's why it's so important. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's so important. And that's what makes it also easier to create the strategy because you're thinking about that one person or those few people when you're developing the strategy. Like, where would this person go to get this service? What are their pain points? What are they struggling with? What are they likely to be limited by? I mean, that's where it really helps me to niche and get specific because when I'm thinking about that person or that small group, I can identify all those different things. But as soon as I broaden and I'm trying to be all things to all people, that's like, well, that person would go to the grocery store and pick up a flyer. And then that person would actually get online and do research. And then this, you know, it's like the multiple ways in which you can reach all of those people. It's too much. It's too much yes. for you to, to develop a very clear strategy in your business or just even a like you said, your business is designed around the person that you're desiring to help. Yeah. Um, so I really think, so then this leads us to this question of why is it so challenging? Why do so many of us start off with good intentions and start niching even though those of us that are, that get that, but we start doing this broaden back again. Why is that from your experience on you? Why do you think so many of us struggle with that? Yeah, look, I think there's fear. I mean, some of it is fear of scarcity, right? Like there's not enough. I mean, this is, I hear people constantly tell me, I, I'm going to niche too much. And like, honestly, <laughs> I've never met anyone who's niche too much. Not anyone. And I have worked with thousands of people myself. I've been around thousands of entrepreneurs. Like nobody has ever niched too much. And I think there's just this fear that if we get too specific, we're not going to have enough people to serve. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess there is this potential that if you literally had 20 different criteria that someone had to fit exactly, you might be too niched. But in general, you know, I, it, everyone is too broad. So I think yeah. the fear that people aren't, there's not going to be enough, I think is the primary driver of why we broaden out and why we, you know, are afraid to really niche down. I think sometimes as well, if we niche, we have to turn away people who aren't a good fit, right? There's yeah. no way that we all can serve everyone. And so mm -hmm. I turn people down all the time for my program because they're not a good fit for my program or they're not a good fit for me or I'm not the right fit for them. And I think this is what we've got to really realize is that so much relief 
actually, when we're so clear about who we serve that we can be like, yeah, look, I'm not the best fit for you. And we can turn people down. And then we have more space to serve the people that we're more capable of serving. Yes, yes. That is so important. Often, you know, people, um, other therapists, colleagues of mine, you know, they just take on kind of any client and then they'll get themselves in a situation where they're like, well, I'm working with this disorder or with this, you know, particular crisis. And it's something I'm, I'm not really in the, uh, I don't have the bandwidth to do it right now. And I asked, well, did you do a consultation? And then did you assess? And often they're like, well, I just felt like they came to me and I needed to help them. So we also like with a lot of the, the helpers and the healers, we really feel like we have to work with anyone who comes and says, I'm needing some assistance. But often that's where niching is very helpful too, because you can discern through that lens and you can yes. say, wait a minute, am I the best one to actually meet the needs of this person? Yes. And for me personally, when I have small children and right now I have a four year old, so it still applies and the teenager, but with my children are small, I don't take on um, complicated cases that require a lot of case management and time outside of my private practice where there might be hospitalizations or case managers that I have to do additional work with, any type of crisis management. I don't do that in my private practice now. There may be a time when all my children are older and I feel like I have that extra bandwidth and I will choose to do that again. But you have to also think, what about your quality of life and what do you want in your business, not only who are you serving, but then are those people, the way you're serving those people, are there specific criteria that meet your ideal work-life balance? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've talked about some of this before in sort of like needing to focus on your lane, right? Needing to really recognize what your genius is and stay in that genius. Because often women as well are trying to offer too many things. Like there's lots of things I can do, but I'm not the best person to do them. Right. So for a long time, I was like sort of a general business coach. I could work with any business. And the truth is I could work with any business, but there are specialties that I'm particularly genius at, right? Like service businesses. I don't work with products. I don't work with MLMs. I don't work with um, online courses. I don't work with things that are sort of productized because I am so much better at working with services. So, you know, it's, it's that when we specialize, we're actually focused on our genius and then we can be one of the best in that category. The other really cool thing about niching that I think people don't always recognize is you can partner with so many people. I'll give you an example. I have an amazing client who she was sort of a general coach, right? And she was, when she came to me, she was sort of a general coach, thinking about being a business coach. You know, she's got, she's an amazing coach. And as we started working together, we realized, wow, actually what she is amazing at is book coaching. And, you know, all these people want to write a book. She's really, really good. She's written a book. She's published it. She has experience in this. And so it's, she's able to really um, specialize in book coaching, which is amazing. And there's not very many book coaches out there. But what she has learned is now she can partner with all these other business coaches because they don't do book coaching. They do business coaching, but they've got lots of clients who want to write books. So it's like you don't realize that there's so much more collaboration 
collaboration when you specialize because you're no longer in competition with someone. The same with me. Like I only work with service businesses. So I have business coaches I partner with to pass them people I get that are products that are things that I don't do so that I want those clients to be served, but I can't serve them. And people are so appreciative when you know your specialization and you're able to say, I can't serve you. And the people are really appreciative when you're like, yes, I can serve you. I'm the best fit for what you need. Yeah. Oh, I love this point about, you know, kind of shifting the paradigm that when you actually realize being more specific is opening up more opportunity because going back to what you said earlier, fear plays a huge part in people's pulling back and restricting their, their trust in their niche market. Um, so the more that people start to experience, oh, wait a minute, I'm actually getting really clear. I'm niching, I'm attracting my target market. And when people come through the door, then I can refer them out. And when I'm working with someone, when I don't have to be all things to them, it's a really great experience to have other professionals and experts and whoever your team is that you work with um, coming in and providing that additional support. I mean, I feel a lot of relief when I think of things that way through um, a wellness lens because I'm working with someone's emotional challenges and trauma and the different breakthroughs that they're going through with their consciousness. I'm not a functional medicine doctor, and there are going to be things that that person is, ha is happening in their diet and in their blood work and in all of the different chemicals in their body that they would love to go and do testing with a functional medicine doctor, and I could happily refer those people you know, to my colleagues. And so there's relief in knowing that you don't have to be all things to that one client and that yes. you have, you're giving yourself permission to just be the badass that you are and what your gift is. And you're very clear with people. And they love that. Like people, when they find that person, I think we could all think about sometime when we came across a really niche service and we think they have it. That's exactly me. Like maybe it's yeah. something really specific, but when we read it and it's us, it feels so good to be like, that person is exactly who I need to talk to. Yes. And that takes us right into another really important point, which is the more specific you are, the more niche you are, the better your messaging will be. See, a lot of people struggle with messaging, right? They come to me and they're like, I don't know how to talk to my target market. It's not resonating. No one's coming. You know, it's, it's like, and if, if I go to their website so often, it's because and they sound exactly like every single other person in their industry, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I talk to, you know, business coaches alone. I talk to a lot of business coaches. I work with business coaches, right? Because no one does exactly what I do. And so, you know, the first thing I'll say to a lot of them is, I went to your website. You sound like the other 1 million other coaches out there doing exactly what you're offering. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> like there's yeah. no differentiation. They all sound the same. And it's because they're not niched enough. So their messaging isn't specific enough. It's like this big general thing. Now, a lot of times people in their minds think that they're unique and their messaging is yeah. unique, but it's not like, it sounds like everybody else. And you can see this in every industry because as we talked about in a previous episode, maybe like three episodes ago, 
the markets are flooded. A lot of industries are very, very flooded. And I think the way around this and the way to, to sort of correct this is we've got to get a lot more specific, a lot more niche so that we can really, really talk to the people. Because, you know, when someone resonates with what you're saying, what your messaging is, and they're like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. And they're raising their hand. Like they're going to be so excited to work with you. But if you just sound bland, like every other person and they've seen it a thousand times, well, they're not going to be interested. And so I think that's, you know, and and one of the things I talk to my clients a lot about in their messaging is that you need to be focused on your target market's pain points. You need to really know what keeps them up at night. What are they struggling with that you can solve? Because if you can trigger that, if you can let them know that I understand you, I know where you're at and I really can help you, they're going to resonate with that on an emotional level and they're going to respond. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the really specific person I think I've stumbled across before when they basically singing my song, right? They're saying yeah. exactly something. I'm like, this is me. And, and, you know, sometimes it is really specific. Like I'm a mom that, you know, has been running three businesses at a time and loves yoga, but always is eating chocolate chip cookies. And I mean, I don't know, like, <laughs> just like sometimes it's, more specific. I'm like, oh, I do that too. I'm going to like this lady. Um, so, you know, just getting really, really specific. And this kind of comes back to, you know, something that's kind of running through my mind as we're talking is the fear again, like the fear of getting specific. Um, and I think it's also not just fear of getting specific. I think that when people have dipped their toes in to the niche, they've tried it. We also have expectations that things are going to immediately um, flood forward as soon if we got the niche right. Like, okay, I niched it, I've, <laughs> I've got it, and then they're supposed to come tomorrow. Yeah. And then they don't come right away. And then we start immediately second guessing and going wide again. And there's that, yes, there's that scarcity, like, oh, maybe there's not enough. But there's also something we've talked about before, which is like the overnight, the myth of the overnight success or like the rose colored glasses. I don't know, you know, it's just this culture that wants everything yesterday. And honestly, any niche market that's really worth working with, you're going to have to curate it. You're going to have to really allow for those people to find you. There's going to take some faith and some patience and understanding that you just got to keep talking to them because you're getting, you're trying to reach a very specific person. And I mean, and I can speak to that as an entrepreneur of 10 years who spent 10 years talking to health and wellness professionals and they continue to hear me differently. And every year that goes by, the world changes and they seek out co-working in a different way today than they did 10 years ago. And I'm really patient with that because I haven't, um, you know, I haven't changed my, mind or I haven't changed my approach that health and wellness, they're the people, the practitioners, they're the ones I want to provide space for. But I've had to be really patient to get to that market. And it's constantly changed over time. And I've tweaked my message and I've thought about their pain points and maybe how it's different, you know, this year than it was last year. So anyway, I wanted to just speak to that longevity, Mm. you know, what you kind of call the long game and how it's also connected. We're not just going to spin out a niche overnight and they're going to flood in because we just got that right. 
you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's a constant involvement. Like one of the things, so in my uh, coaching program, one of the things that I do a lot, and it's a very big part of the program is what I call validation. And I think we've briefly talked about this before, but what I, we can aim really well at a target market. You know, I can look at what someone who someone's passionate about working with sort of like the sweet spot, right? They're passionate yeah. about working with, they, they have the skills to really serve them. And it's a market who has a need, right? So it's, you know, we're looking for, I can help them figure out that sweet spot and aim really well, but that's not enough. They have to go out and talk to that target market specifically in a very sort of longer conversations, you know, not 10 minutes, not on a post on Facebook that you just hope that your market will give you all the information that you want. That's not valid. You know, they have these deep conversations with their target market to, to get to what do they really want? What do they, what are their pain points? What are they struggling with? You know, what's their greatest desire? What's their dream? Like they actually ask them and from their mouth, comes the messaging, right? Like we, we make messaging so hard because we get stuck in our head, but it's literally coming out of your target market's mouth every single day. <laughs> Just listen. Yeah. They've got the messaging for you. They're telling you how they word it. They're telling you what their pain points are. They're giving you everything you need. So this, this piece of validation it's really important. And one of the reasons why I will probably never give up my sales calls, at least not all of them, is because in those sales calls, I get so much data you know, firsthand from potential clients. I learn in that sales call, what are their needs? What are their pain points? What are they struggling with? So that I can always keep to the ground of what's happening because my target market now and my target market 10 years ago, they're speaking totally different language. They have totally different problems. Like we have to stay relevant. And one of the ways we stay relevant is by having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And yeah, it's getting really clear about who you are who's your ideal client then listening, having conversations with them so that you're constantly tweaking the message and staying relevant to their particular struggles. Because yeah, I mean, the internet is yeah. changing every day. Yeah. And so many of us are using, you know, we're using the tools of internet to run our businesses. Some of us are doing completely online businesses, but regardless of how much you're using the technologies, they're changing every day in software and cloud platforms. I mean, you know, so you're constantly having to stay relevant in that way. So you have to be mindful of how your, your target market, your ideal client is changing and adjusting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you can, you can look at it in terms of like, you know, so, so my messaging has changed so much over the years because as I have more conversations with people, I get more clear about what their pain points are. I mean, years ago, the, the big buzz was, you know, online courses, like everybody wants to do an online course yeah. to leverage their time and, and that, you know, to reach more people. And, and, you know, five, six years ago, that was relevant. Like now it's not relevant. Like now what I'm hearing is everyone's bought online courses. They're not using them. They're not relevant anymore. No one's making any money with them. Like, you know, it's a totally different marketplace than it was five or six years ago. And so then the messaging that we use has to be really different because if we keep using the same messaging we used five years ago, no one's going to respond. Everyone's going to be been there, done that, you know, whereas now we have to look at what's relevant right now. And like social media is such a big thing. 
I know people are flooded with social media. The algorithms change and people freak out because their tactics don't work anymore. And so that's something that we can really talk to. Like it's not enough to have tactics. You know, prior to this five or six years ago, a tactic could take you a really long way, right? You know, if you learned how to master Facebook ads, you were gold, right? You could make millions of dollars off of that. I'm sorry, but it doesn't work anymore. So, you know, I know millionaires who are not making as much money off of Facebook, you know, and the Facebook ads because they're not working in the same way because the market's flooded, you know? So it's like, there's all these things that have changed and we have to change and stay relevant. And I think the more, you know, your niche, the more conversations you're having with them, the more specific it is, you're going to have the right messaging. You're always going to stay relevant and you're always going to have sales. Yes. Yes. Such a good point. Oh, yeah, I'm like taking notes right now. I need to <laughs> uh, just because I mean, I think that for me, as my business grows, there are times that I second guess, you know, my how I've niched it and whether or not I should go broad or just change the ideal um, kind of my avatar of like who it is that I'm looking at. But the reality is that um, every time what really gets me back into a good rhythm is like returning to the person who I've just always wanted to serve and understanding that that person is changing. And so I'm still niching, but I'm adapting to that person changing. And, yes. and I've changed. And I'm actually really grateful that a lot of the messaging out there is like a little side note, but so much of our ability to speak to pain points um, is it's easier than it was five years ago because mm-hmm there's a dialogue and a conversation about what we're really experiencing. Um, do we have the quality of life that we want? And work-life balance has always been a buzzword, but it's been up and down. Sometimes it's desired, sometimes it's thrown out the door, you know, different ways in which people dealt with that. But I think that, you know, for a lot of women in business, it's how are we all still, how are we managing the constant, ebbs and flows of life and business and I just saw a panel like female founders and they had it had the word um life scratched out for life happens and it said business happens um and it was like female founders talking about their and it was I was like that's interesting because they're trying to say we don't want to just talk about life like we are also here to talk about business so more and more women really wanting to grab the mic on let's talk seriously about our businesses but the way that women talk about their businesses are is often more inclusive and the pain points are about the kids and they are about relationships with their partners and navigating um flex work um with their companies or whatever that is so just wanted to say that i am grateful to see that there's more willingness for women to step up to the mic and grab the business arena but that it includes I think a more holistic approach than we've often talked in the past. Yeah. Well, in looking at this as well and this topic, you know, like Laura and I can really speak to, we didn't do enough market research when we started Soma Vita, right? Like, you know, you can look at when you don't do some of that validation that I talked about, when you don't go and have these long conversations and you make assumptions or you listen to people saying, yeah, that's a great idea, but there's no investment, then yeah. it can really cost you long-term as well. Like we wanted to add the childcare component to our, to Soma Vita. And we did that for a long time and we lost a lot of money. And like, we really <laughs> paid for that. We were so attached to it. 
And we didn't really sit down with people and have long conversations, not really, and get into their, well, what is your pain point with childcare? And would you really use a childcare? Like we we told people about it and they were like, that sounds great. But then no one bought into it. And we didn't dig we didn't dig deep enough into understand that our niche and basically say, well, what, what would trigger you to use a childcare or, you know, is it just not going to work because it's in the same space that everything else is in, or you can't just, you can't just see it happening or would you rather just leave it with your family members? Or we didn't really dig into that, you know, with that niche. And so what ends up happening is you make a lot of mistakes and you pay because you think there's a good idea, but you haven't really, really nailed it with your target market. Yes, yes, exactly. And sometimes you have a great idea and it's just not, the market is not ready for your great idea and it will one day be, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to really be listening again. Like you have to be listening and digging a little bit deeper. So kind of, I guess what I'm thinking right now is um, you're making me think we need to double check our assumptions about our niche market and we need to really get to know them even more than we think we already know Um, because maybe that's if somebody has niched before and they're listening to this thinking yeah yeah you guys are talking about this and I did that and it didn't work um, then maybe just thinking well did you actually know your niche well or did you make assumptions about them and what they needed and how they wanted that delivered and every good business goes through evolutions where we try one thing and then if it doesn't work just try delivering it in a different way the most successful companies will tell you you know like five different ways in which they tried to possibly execute a product or a service that didn't take and then there was the finally the ability to deliver it in a way that the the recipients wanted it Yeah. yeah So. Yeah. And I would say with this particular topic, like this is one of those areas I would highly recommend getting an expert, getting a mentor, getting a coach who specializes in this. I mean, this is one of my geniuses is really getting clear about when someone's target market is. There's, a, there's other people who it's their genius as well. Like this is one of those areas where it is worth paying out money like and investing and getting someone to help you because if you don't get the target market right if you don't get your niche right if you don't get it specific enough it's going to cost you so much long term in your business could even lead to failure in your business like it's really that important of a topic like i know a lot it's a buzzword people play around they do it themselves they download target market worksheets you know i get it but this is one of those areas where it is like the core of every everything that you're doing in your business and it is the core of your success. And if you don't have clarity on who your target market is or what your niche is and you're not specific enough, then I really highly, highly recommend getting help in this area. Because once you do that, everything turns around, everything shifts and changes. Then you're able to go out and do the validation with some clarity and you're able to look at what that data that you get back is and you're able to let go of assumptions. There's a whole lot of processes that come, but the first step is that definition. It's really important. Like I can't tell you how many people come to me and when I say who your target market is, they're like women in business. I'm like, yeah, you (laughs) and 5 million others. So that is not a target market. That is not a niche. Women in business is not a niche. Nonprofits, not a niche. Like some people are like, I'm scared to to niche down into a nonprofit. I'm like, 
nonprofit. That's that's still too general. It's still yeah. too broad. A lot of different types of nonprofits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think you know this is where I guarantee you that most of the listeners are not niche enough. I guarantee you, not niche enough. So, you know, you want to be very, very specific about what your criteria is, very specific about who you can best serve. And it's, like I said, helpful to get help in this area first because everything builds from that. I always look at it as like, this is like the center to your ripple. If you don't have that center handled, you won't have ripples. There won't be enough impact. There won't be enough income. Yeah, it's so important. It all comes back to that. And if you are to go on to invest in market research, which is no cheap investment in business, if you really were like, okay, I'm going to do market research on my ideal target market, and you don't have that clarity, because there's a lot of, you know, you can go to firms and marketing agencies, and you can say, I want to do market research, and they're going to charge you at least five grand. And if you give them someone who they can't even niche very specifically, then they're going to come back with all this data about the woman in business in a 20 mile radius. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, great, all these women in business that are around me. And, and I think that part of what's happened is, you know, and we've talked about this before, like, I think the world's changed so much. It's so much easier to hang your shingle, you know, it's so much easier to start a business that some of the very, very basic business principles are being left out. I mean, when I was running an ad agency and when I was working for a bigger ad agency, my first business, my first business and prior to that, my first job, like my first real job, you know, we would be paid like $100,000 to work on a target market right? Like, like it was a, it was the first thing. Like we really had to get clear who is the market, who's the best person we're targeting. Like what's all that research, customer focus, customer experience. Like these are things that in a marketing and branding and advertising agency, we got paid a lot of money to do, you know? So obviously you don't have to go to one of those agencies and pay a hundred thousand dollars. That's not what I'm saying. But even a coach or a mentor or someone who specializes in this area, you know, a few thousand dollars or whatever you have to pay to see them. So worth it. The investment and the return on the investment is huge. It will change everything. I mean, so many people, I'm not kidding. They come to me and they're like, I, I've done everything. Like they have like a kind of successful business. They're like, I've done everything. I'm, but my messaging's not connecting. Nothing's working. My marketing's not working. Like if I have enough time to talk to someone for an hour, like I'll convert that person, but nothing else is working. And all we do is niche them. And then all of a sudden everything's fallen into place. And all of a sudden everyone's resonating with their language. And then all, you know, everyone's interested in their services. Like it literally changes so much. It's such an important thing. Yeah, I see that. And it's, it's really frustrating to constantly be out in the world trying to share your gifts and make your impact and just to feel like it's crickets. And that's really only happening not because of you and because you aren't saying what you need to say. It's because you haven't really figured out where to aim that microphone and where your people are, your people that need you and they want to find you and they're struggling and they're telling all their friends, I just need this. I just can't find it. And it's just this match that's not, it's not happening. So the more that we are clear and the more specific that we can get, the more likely we are to find those people that are our tribe and that really need us. 
And I love that. And I think that, again, it's, it's patience. It's Mm -hmm. knowing that it takes some time to, to just build those relationships and put the word out there, what you're about. Um, And it takes like standing in fear because every business, any moment in business is a time of transition. So what you speak about, like often when you're talking about your clients, it sounds like, you know, they're in a place of change and transformation where they're launching a new product or they're trying a new website or they're doing something that they're not sure about and they've put all their part in their money and their time and attention and it just takes it takes that and aiming that at the right people because if it's the wrong people then it doesn't matter I mean there's that's not any it doesn't tell you anything about your service or product if it's the wrong people that's not the feedback that you need but What's really interesting as well is that the more conversations you have, the more longer conversations. So like the way that I do it with my clients is I help them, um, you know, understand that they're going to go through a validation process. It can be anywhere from eight weeks to longer than that. They're going to go through this validation process and it's all about conversations. And I set them up with a sales conversation so they understand how the sales process works, that if the conversation turns in that direction, they know how to sell their program. But in truth, they're having a conversation. They're asking their target market about their pains. They're asking them about what they need. But what also happens is they even more clearly define their target market. Sometimes through that validation, they recognize this is not my target market. I do not want to work with these people. And so there's all this beautiful refinement. So what I often tell people is stop posting on Instagram. Stop putting Facebook posts. Stop, Stop doing social media. If you're not having conversations with your target market, you are wasting your time. Like it is those, all the marketing efforts you have, everything, all of the social media, all of the Facebook ads, all of the emails you're sending, everything, they can only be effective if you've already validated your target market. If you haven't validated target market, you're wasting all your time. So if you are not getting a ton of response from everything that you're doing with your marketing, stop all your marketing right now, (laughs) go out. Pick, find 10 of your target market, your ideal clients, sit them down for 45 minutes and say, what are you struggling with? What, is, what do you really, really want and need? What is your biggest roadblock? What do you feel like? Like sit them down and talk to them. <laughs> yes, that is such good advice. And it makes so much sense, yet we are in the social media world and, you know, we're trying, you just see people constantly trying to, it's like hitting their head against the wall, trying to build relationships online, trying to get people to engage with their post and respond. And so they put all their time and energy into just refining that message, getting that photo edited just so, getting all this perfect, like curating content, but it's not coming from a place, a source of authentic communication, like what you're saying can come from the relationship, from sitting down with people and just saying, what's going on? What, where are you feeling like you're not getting what you need? What are you struggling with? What's holding you back? Yes. And that's so much more worth, like that's energy and time that's worth every penny. Yes, it is. And I think, you know, everything's done in proper sequence. Like I built my business, which is doing really well and very successful. I built that from just having conversations with people. I never worried about my social media. Like I'm just now curating content, right? Just now, like after like decades, know, you know, because, I both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because well, it, does, yeah. It, 
didn't matter before. And now I'm growing to a bigger reach. Like now I have all the validation done. I know what reaches my target market. I know what messages they want to hear. I know how people respond. Like that took a lot of time and a lot of validation to recognize what works so that my marketing would be effective. And I think this is the piece. And still I'm evolving and always learning. And again, my head to the ground, always making it relevant always trying different things. But I think for most people I talk to, they are not at the stage to be curating a lot of content. They have no idea what kind of content is going to resonate with their target market. Most don't even have a defined enough target market. So, you know, this is really an important step in the sequence. It's one of the first steps in building a business. So our takeaway is do not be afraid to niche. Yes. <laughs> if you didn't get that one, don't be afraid. It's awesome. And it's actually the way to your status. Like you're going to be so much more satisfied. You're going to be so much more excited to work with your clients because the, the ones that you were excited about, they're going to be coming through the door. So yes. I think that we forget about that too. It's like we get caught up in, you know, we, we want to be helping and we want to be finding people, but you're also in this work because you want to feel like your gifts are resonating with your clients. Like it's a symbiotic relationship, right? It's this mutual relationship where there's reciprocity. And so the more that you are in alignment with your ideal clients, you're going to just feel so excited to do what you do. So if you're not happy doing what you do, it may not be that you're not doing the right thing. It's you may not have the right people that you're doing the work with. Yes. Yeah. And you may have not really, really determined your lane. And, you know, niching, just to, just one little sort of afterthought, you know, niching isn't always like by gender or age or industry. Like niching can also be by the specific problem you solve. Right. Yeah. And I think not enough people sort of recognize that. What is the specific problem you solve. Like for me, my clients don't have a solid solid foundation. That's the specific problem I solve. Like it's not that they, they're trying out there, they're marketing, they're using social media, but they don't have a solid foundation. They haven't niched enough. They don't have a clear target market. They don't have a sales process. They don't have the right offer package program. Like that foundation is what I solve. And once the foundation is solved, well, then there's a million things they can do to keep growing. But if that foundation is faulty, it's not going to work. So I think that this is like we all have to contemplate and look at what is the specific problem that we can solve and who needs that problem solved. So it's sort of a different way to look at it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed our little chat on target market. Um, We've got a Facebook group. We can keep the chats going. So, you know, if you haven't kind of come to Women in the Business Arena Facebook group, please join us. All right. Well, thank you all. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.